Welcome back to another episode of The Rec Center. He's Jack Ferris. I'm Lindsay Joy. Jack, we are here to talk about a popular HBO Max show about friends. Mary Town. Yeah, about friends. Did you get it? Um, it was a Friends the Reunion Yeah, I mean, yeah, I watched. Actually, I wasn't going to talk about it, but I guess I will talk about that one. Oh, love yeah. it. Yeah, no, it was great. I guess, um, were you satisfied? Yes. And I know a lot of people weren't, but I was. I was going to make a, asking a, a female if she's satisfied, but it's, it's a the family seven show. erogenous zones joke. I was, I, I totally understand why people didn't love it. I cringed a few times, but I quite enjoyed the content that was given to me. Here's, I think a few episodes I laid out a couple of things I wished for in the finale. One was, Oh my gosh, wait, sorry. Hold on. I was talking about friends. Oh God. <laughs> When I said, did you watch? I thought I meant the, okay, we. No, we I know you were talking about friends. I know you were talking about friends for a second, but that oh, I was and then when you said, was I satisfied? We were back on Mare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so. I could not, no offense. I could not care less about your opinion on friends. Oh no, I, I, was, I was surprised <laughs> you asked, but I was still yeah. willing to give you my opinion. Oh yes, I was satisfied with the friends union. I was also satisfied with Mare of Easttown. So let me correct that. I have not heard anyone who was unsatisfied with Mare of Easttown. I haven't talked to a ton of people about it, but. Yeah, re I retract my any statements I was saying about friends. I loved Maravie's Town. What did you think? Yeah, I very good, very good. Um, as I said, there was a couple of things that I wanted to see in the finale. One was just when you think you have it all wrapped up, there's one last twist. Like I love that. I love that. That's a little tropey, but it's a trope that works, and I love it. Another was finally when you have it all figured out, they show you the flashback to show you exactly what happened. That's also tropey, don't care. That's a trope that works. Um, very good, very good. If I had, I was talking about this with our buddy Bo, the one knock I would have on the entire series was the red herrings were so obnoxious and so over the top. I get that you need red herrings and this show had no shortage of them, but come on, the Dylan pulling a gun on Aaron's friend a couple episodes ago, and now we're supposed to believe that he did that because he really badly wanted his parents to keep the baby that wasn't his. And he was worried that like the diaries were going to prove that the baby belonged to John Ross. Like, come on, that was not gun worthy. Um, the priest thing. Yes. was a little over the top red herring ish. Uh, Real quick. Can we talk about that one shot in the kitchen? Mare says to her cousin, I think father, Dan, Hey, father, Dan, just so you know, Deacon Mark's getting out of prison. He's going to be back tomorrow or whatever. We're letting him out of prison tomorrow. And they, we talk they about the lingering shots, right? They not only linger on his face, but he looks concerned. And maybe that's me projecting because I thought that there was maybe going to be a final twist involving him or Deacon Mark. Um, but I, that to me was a little obnoxious because it was what halfway through the finale. And that was like, an extra throw you off the scent over the top linger. His face was over the top. And then the shot was over the top that yeah. I do have a slight beef with that. I think they did that to screw with us, which is fine. I also think maybe Brad knows what he's doing and he gave himself definitely uh, um, a road to travel and explore. If they in fact do throw a ton of money at him and he's like, you know what? I could, I could, if Kate's on board, I could write a second season, but Again, like I don't want to see a second season if they offer him a paid for house in Malibu. You know what I mean? If they offer him that kind of money, I don't 
befaults him for writing a second season, I'll absolutely watch it. But I, I think there's no way you can um, improve on what he did here, especially not with these these characters because it's it's wrapped up so nicely in a bow. I think, yeah, I think he just did that to, to screw with us. And maybe maybe that wasn't even his decision. That Maybe that was the director's decision. You know, that could have been like, that could have been decided day they were shooting that scene. Like, oh, you know, it'd be crazy if we held on for like a beat too long here. Maybe it was even in the editing room. Like, who knows? That could have been done. That decision could have been made without even the actors knowing. I'm sure um, Brad signed off on it. But yeah, I, I don't read too much into that that i i was yawn fest the whole priest's um storyline for me truthfully well it's not yawn fest but it was the ultimate red herring and when he threw the bike into the river we were like okay this guy definitely did not do it because yeah, it was so obnoxious it, so, it was so obnoxious that so what I, he's introduced early in the second episode right when he gives that homily about um Deacon you know, Mark. Deacon Mark. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, why would God do this? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then afterwards, with the cousin and him in the vestibule. How about me dropping vestibule on you? Sure. Hey, did you know her? Yeah, I knew her a little bit. It was so like, oh, my God. This is so obviously a, a throw us off the sense kind of deal that I, I, like, switched it off in my brain. And he was never, like, a threat in my mind from there on in. I understand why you need a counterbalance to all this stuff. Um, but yeah, no, I, that the, the, the cousin look at the end didn't bother me. I do wish we had more time with the cousin. Cause I feel like he's an interesting character. We could have fleshed him out a little bit more. But so that was my, I don't know, feeling like I obviously at some point I knew John Ross was like the person, this whole issue centered out. However, I did think Deacon Mark was too obvious. We knew he wasn't it. I thought maybe father Dan did have some sort of like, maybe he had something to do with the other girls with Katie Maybe he had something to do with, like, I, I thought maybe there was something suspicious there. I will say, fast forwarding to the end, when Mare goes into the attic, you had mentioned one time, um, essentially the sharp objects, Shabon theory, that Shabon was really the killer. And that if Mare went into the attic, there would be something there that would indicate that Shabon was the killer. Um, or you, maybe it wasn't you that mentioned that. I read that somewhere. When she goes into the attic at the end, and it's this, like, emotional ending to the show, I was like, what is Father Dan hiding up there? Because he's in the home all the time and he easily could be going into the attic to like hide things there. And so instead of- Because he of, knows Mare would never go up there. He knows she doesn't go up there. And so like, instead of having this emotional, like, oh, she's finally dealing with the loss of her son. Instead of that for me, I'm like, what is she going to find? In the, like the sharp objects of it all. I'm like, what is she going to find in the attic? That's the last second twist that shows that really Father Dan- did something bad. Um, yeah. And so I was kind of disappointed I, in myself for having my brain go there, but. Yeah. For the record, I never finished sharp objects. I punted. Oh, well, let me tell you because, the twist because, at the end. Because like I said, I'm so tired of Amy Adams playing this broken yet strong woman who <laughs> is like going through some miserable, miserable third life crisis. And but, only she, and she's like ruined every relationship she's ever been in because of it. But that was the best time she played that role. Like that's okay, the peak that, okay, of that's that fine. role. That's fine, but it was still like, bleh. like I think she crushed it in Arrival. I think Arrival is mm -hmm. so well done. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen Arrival? Isn't that a space movie? It's an alien movie, but it's like the best alien movie of all time. You haven't seen Arrival? No. 
Oh, Sorry. what are you doing? And you're an Amy Adams fan? That's like her best role ever. I like Amy Adams grounded in reality and crime shows. Oh, shut up. Not so much, not so much aliens. Um, I recommend Sharp Objects to anyone out there who hasn't seen it. Um, if you did punt, I would actually recommend going back. Chris Messina? Tr- Chris Messina? Chris Messina. Chris Messina. Chris Messina. Love him. Um, that show is great. And there is a last second twist, like almost like the very, mm-hmm. very, very, very end. And so, so then you clearly did not posit the Shaban Sharp Objects theory. No, I mean, I, I, I considered well. it. I think everyone considered it. Okay. Um, but yeah, it so, sounds like as far as one-off HBO series go, that would have been a little too copycatty if they did it would well okay so then let me just do this real quick the undoing (laughs) the theory that everyone had or many people had until the end was that the kid did it because he was protecting his family because he found out his dad was having an affair and he was so upset so he got this sledgehammer killed the mistress and covered it up and ironically that is not what happened in the undoing but it is what happened in mayor of east town do you want to talk about like who the real killer was and how this all got resolved yeah, the I like I said, it felt a little too early on in the episode that we knew everything, and I think that I think it's like an hour and ten minutes, hour and fifteen minutes, the finale. And in you the know, first like seven minutes of the finale, it's like he's confessing, it's all wrapped up, and I and we didn't get the flashback scene of how it actually all went down. You know what I mean? So I did feel like we were missing something there. Um, the resolution of that other storyline with the the peeping Tom. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if we even reconciled with that. Do we know who the peeping Tom was? Are we just to assume that it was the little kid who was like, yeah. consider, but, but that was like a couple of days before he would have grabbed the gun. Is so, he, like, was he like, was he like sizing it out? How easy it would be to break into the shed to get the gun. Well, but it, it was, was like, it was like daylight out. He really decided that night that he was going to do it because he saw the text messages on the phone that night. That's what, I, so, that's what I'm saying. But maybe yeah. he had gone over before. Like, they don't really wrap that up. Maybe he was just kind of, like, prowling about in general. Like, that just shows that he... I, I, I we. There's also... Do you want to talk about the plot hole with... When? Yeah, there's a... The, okay, the gaping hole is he's sitting there, the, the, um, the poor, adorable widower... Yeah, I can't remember his name either. Who's sitting there and he's like, um, you know, some strangest things, things go disappearing, the gun. And she's like, oh, so your gun's missing. And he's like, no, no. I think he honestly says- No, it's back now. It, it was back now. I He might even say, I'd have to go back and watch it, but he might even say it was gone for like a couple of days and then it was back. Um, And that tips Mayor off to like, go check it out. Obviously it's the murder weapon, and, you know, and everyone knows what happened from there. But then we go- hear the truth from the kid's point of view. And the gun was missing for like an hour and a half. The gun was missing for like two hours in the middle of the night. So when did old man notice that the gun was missing? He couldn't have. That is like a a, a, a plot hole that's unforgivable that you didn't fill that in. Maybe, maybe, maybe if the kid held onto it for a couple of days and then that's- the dad was like, go put it back. Like, go put it back tonight. Like do you remember, night. did we see him go back and put it back? Do you, cause I, I, I remember they addressed it. Yeah, they did. When he tells the story, he, she was like, so why did you put it back? He was like, I thought if I put it back, no one would ever know it was gone. So no one would ever ask any questions. But does he explicitly say that it was like that night? Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The only other thing is that the old man heard some wrestling outside, went outside, saw the, in, in that time, 
saw that it was missing in, in those three hours. Like that's Which the only could, other explanation. Yeah. And he could have been like, I went out and it was gone. And then the next morning it was back. So I thought I was dreaming, but then I looked the other day and two bullets were missing like that. They could have easily explained it there. Yeah. You know? Um, do you have your parents' passcodes for your phone for their phones? I've I couldn't tell you what my parents' passcodes would be. No, but if I was thirteen, I probably would. You know, if I was ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Um, I just he just very quickly gained access to the phone, and you, I was like weird, and you were like, oh, he probably just has his parents' passcode. And well, we I just think that's we weird. Didn't, we didn't grow up in the age of smartphones. Like I'm sure kids, when you're like before you have phone. So when was the last time you changed your passcode? Um a year oh it's been a year. okay so i i think parents a lot of times hand their phone to kids like hey you know play some game and your kids just know stuff kids are just much smarter at stuff than we were at that age because they're dealing with it a lot i don't think it's out of control that hit him to go beep beep pop boop toss in there and very nice touch that it was a droid because that's very like anti delco like of course he has a droid yeah, it's like John Ross definitely does not have an iPhone 12 Pro. Yeah. My apologies to Tommy Mellon, who's a droid guy and a big listener of this show. Oh, Sorry, Tommy. Sh- shout out to all the droid people out there. Um, I, I know a few of them. And they're good people. So sometimes the camera is better. <laughs> I will say sometimes the camera is better. There I, you go. Okay, if you've never experienced an Apple phone, you don't know what you're missing. I say yeah. that because I was a droid guy until like 2014. Oh, I and didn't once, know that. Once I went Apple, I was like, oh my God. It's a whole new world. Yeah, it's uh, it's just the world at your fingertips. Sorry to the droid people who feel that they also have the world at their fingertips. Um, I want to talk one thing about actually. This is a sort of a, f- a phone thing. Um, the picture. I was emotionally prepared for the picture to be a lot of things. I'm talking the very beginning of the episode. Sorry, we're jumping around in time here. The photo. She pulled a Julian Edelman. Do you know what I mean by that? Does yeah. everyone, is that a, like, does everyone remember that story? Because I could never forget that story, but this girl in Boston and it was, I, I Googled it. It was right after the Super Bowl. It was between the Super Bowl and the parade. Mm-hmm. So Julian Edelman is out celebrating a Super Bowl and a girl sleeps with him, takes a photo while he's sleeping post coitus. And I would hope so. I hope you didn't like need a nap pre quitus. But, well, <laughs> I'm but I mean, he's celebrating the Super Bowl again. It was between yeah. the win and the parade, so God only knows. But she posted, I believe the funniest thing is she didn't even post it on the Instagram, she put it on her Tinder profile immediately. So then guys around Boston are tindering, and there's a girl with a photo, and it says, like, just slept with Edelman, no lie, or something like something dumb like that. No cap. Does it actually say no cap? I don't know, but that's what the kids say. No cap. Oh, that is what the kids say. Um, so puts this picture on profile and then, and then everyone freaks out and is like, that is an insane invasion of privacy, which it is. She was like banned from Boston nightclubs and bars and everyone hated her. And I mean, rightfully so she got a lot of backlash because that is again, an insane invasion of privacy. So I say all this to say the photo that was in question from six episode six into seven is exactly that it's Aaron taking a photo of a sleeping John Ross in bed. This was also a storyline on Vanderpump rules, by the way. Sorry. What were you going to say? You're saying that it's, it's irrational and weird, right? I just think it was creepy. I wasn't prepared for it to be that, but it had to be, we knew it had to be something of that level to be a true smoking gun. She's a 16 year old girl. 
Like, you know, they 16 year old girls do weird things. Also, I, I could see she took, she clearly took the picture because it had sentimental value. She didn't want it to like get out. She kept it in her diary. She was like in love with her quasi cousin uncle. You know what I mean? Do you think she took it on this? The droid thing is what reminded me of this. Do you think she took it on a phone and got it printed out? Or do you think she got it? Do you think she took it on a disposable camera? Because it is a printed photo, like a three by five Kodak went to Walgreens and got this photo. So disposable cameras are kind of back, aren't they? They are. A little bit. So maybe that. I can't imagine she took it on her phone and then went through the trouble of, I don't even know how to do that. I mean, I can figure it out, but. Yeah, that I could go to like Walgreens.com and like upload my photos and like get it in an hour, I guess. But yeah, that looked like an old school, like 1998. Your family goes to Hawaii and comes back with like 45 of those. You know what I mean? <laughs> like the four, the four by three ratio deals. There is um. You no, know, those are 16 by nine. It's three by five is the um index card actual size of the photo i do believe because four by six is another option but it's bigger and not normal it is very satisfying to have a disposable camera and like not know you don't get to look at the photo right away and like approve it and take a million and all that there is something satisfying about that and as old people we grew up with that um do you have any i'm I'm just like looking through my other thoughts i think that that's it i was really again just disturbed by the photo but i understood it like I, i didn't disagree with their use of it, it had to be something that proved that they had that kind of relationship. I was just a little creeped out by it. Yeah. When they, when they showed it, I was, cause we were talking about it. They, they were like, how damning could that picture be that he freaks out like that? Get Mary on the phone, do it now. And that's a pretty damning picture. looks pretty rough. Um, it was a pretty indicative that uh, John Ross was doing bad things with his cousin niece. Mm, um, so yeah, all that, all that was good. What did you think about the um, the Beth wrap-up storyline? Beth and Katie and Katie's mom. She got a new How house. She got it, a- it was it was homeboy's house who had died, right? Oh, I didn't process that. I because yeah. um, he had his own house. He, I mean, yeah, junkie on the street. He was doing okay. <laughs> I think my, I think my only issue with the show at all is like that got wrapped up that whole storyline not just the three of them but the two missing girls this killer that we still know nothing about i think again the show is perfect i love it very much but that whole storyline was such a big deal it was kind of our entry into the show was that katie bailey was missing and then we find this dude he's got him hold up we shoot him and like, that's it. There was never anything more about who he was. This town is small. Everyone knows everyone. So the fact that like, we just never got any more if he like had. Yeah, that, sh- any, which that it- should have been, that should have been someone's ex-husband or brother or cousin or yeah, he had to, that is because everyone else is connected in some way. You yes. know what I mean? He every, it, so People knew who he was. Yeah. And so it just, we really, again, it, it kind of only served to rid, to rid us. That was a horrible way to say it, to, to take our, dear sweet Zabel away from us. That was really the only point ultimately in the end. And so I just, I just wanted to know like a little more about what was happening there. And aside from the fact that he was a bad man, which was obvious, like why and how, and, um, and, you know, again, Katie Bailey, like you saw a little bit of her when she was physically in the room, but coming out of that, I thought we would get more from her dealing with the trauma and kind of, and 
I'm okay with it, but I just, I think that they could have gone a little more into that. Yeah, I thought for sure there would be some kind of clue in that place that would lead us to another suspect or another way of thinking about the Aaron murder that we hadn't processed yet. And that's why I thought- But it was two completely different deals. I thought Father Dan was going down. I thought Father Dan had some sort of something to do with that situation, knew that guy, something. So I, again, that's me just- watching too many crime shows um the only other note i had is how small is east town that this kid can ride his bike to like every portion of the woods to like when he because i was like how did he 13 years old how did he get to the murder scene but he was just at this party went to this dude's house rode out to the woods rode back like he died oh, no, 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 no. bike riding so the woods was close by i think and that's when he called his dad, like, oh, my God. And then John and Billy rode out there and drove her, like, 17 miles away into the creek. That part I remember. But I'm just saying the kid did a lot of bike riding and just it felt like. But I guess the, if the woods was close where he met Aaron. Oh, but, okay. A but lot of bike riding. They, I can't remember. Was the creek close to where all the kids were hanging out earlier? Because I think yes. that was the, re okay. So then I think the place where they met was actually really far away. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. That's a it's hole just, as well. Maybe it's a young Lance Armstrong. He seems very physically fit for a 13-year-old. I just, I mean, he ran home <laughs> to beat the to beat the cops. I, I'm sure he lives nearby his school, but he, he ran home. He, he went from Frank's engagement party, went and got the gun, which I could see they were probably close by, and then way out to wherever they were supposed to meet, which they say is like 16, 17 miles away. That's what I'm saying. That's nuts. And then back. So he rode like, conservatively speaking, he put like 35 miles on his bike it just seems like it was a lot of bike riding and i i don't know i hope he's you know again physically fit enough to make that happen it just i was like did he take an uber when he started explaining the story i'm like did this kid pop in an uber out there but he didn't he just rode his bike everywhere so good for him Yeah, brian ugly brings up a good question how much time is he looking at oh i thought that was you that asked um no. i thought again like It'll be a sentence that seems like a lot. He, You have to be tried as an adult for this, right? Like you can't be tried. Even as a 13-year-old, I don't think. I'm not really familiar with Pennsylvania state law specifically, but you have to be tried as an adult for It's second degree murder. Definitely. I don't know if it's second degree murder. Or manslaughter. Because I, I think they can argue that he was just trying to intimidate and then there was a um, a struggle and she she tried to grab the gun from him. Yeah, the finger thing helps his case on the, on that, but I I just think at this I think a DA would try you for second degree murder in that. Yeah, situation. You, he can't show up with a gun and intimidate, and then she has, it doesn't look great for him. But what what he does have going for him is that he's twelve years old. Thirteen. Thirteen is that what it was? I I'm I don't that up. I don't see him doing more than twenty years. I that's what I said is I said he gets a sentence of like up, up to twenty five and then is out well before that so like i said out by the time he's 30 which would be 17 years and um, i guess he's not in like some like federal like he's not in like pelican bay he's not in, or whatever the pennsylvania equivalent would be i bet he's in some like medium if not minimum security prison yeah it's definitely not a juvie situation though again i think you have to be tried as an adult even even at that um young age how much time do you think john's getting because let's think about what john did he just obstructed justice that's pretty much the main thing he's going to be in prison for right so he, that's not longer than like five years john's gonna be back in the picture pretty soon are you thinking of mayor of east town season six i think i mean Lori's hands are kind of tied would you take him back 
No. Like you need, you now have a fucking baby to raise. He's not that hot. That's not a forgivable level of hot. Oh, contraire. I bet if he takes that beard off, he's redeemable big time. He's yeah, there is a lot. It's almost like a quarantine look. I guess it's just like a woodsy Pennsylvania look, but there's a lot of just hair and beards and like everything going on. And it just feels very dirty to me. That so. beard is dumb. It's a dumb beard. Look, he needs, he, it adds like 10 years to him because he's the actor's like 40. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, I don't know. Shout out to that guy, but I, um, if they do another season, which is not out of the question, like you said, if they're going to give him a house in Malibu, um, would you want to see the trial for the kid? Cause I don't. Oh, you mean like straight out of broad church? No, I don't. I'm done. We move on. Yeah. But to what? Like there cannot be another level. We've we've talked about this before. Listen, I don't want, I don't want one. I don't want there to be a season two. Um, I guess if there was a season two, Maybe it's like Blair of Westtown and it's a totally different deal. <laughs> so and that's, that's what I was going to say is this cannot like Sigour- be Sigourney Weaver or something. <laughs> Siobhan in, in 10 years into the future mm-hmm. becomes a whatever. Anyway, I was going to say this, what like what this show cannot be is an anthology series like true detective, because it's literally called Mary of Easttown. By the way, her real name is Marianne, which was a fun little Jean smart moment this week. Um, Marion of Easttown cannot be, I mean, you would, again, like you said, you would have to change the name, but the show is about Mayor and Kate Winslet. So you can't anthologize it in that way. You would have to completely. Yeah. And it's just so unique to this creator who was Mr. Philadelphia and Mr. Basketball. It's like, you can't, what are you going to do the same thing, but in a different area of Delco? It's it's over. It's a wrap. Great work. Great work, everybody. Speaking of, and this will kind of transition us out, you can think of any um, other last thoughts, but Dirty John is now an anthology series and it's on, the new episodes are on Netflix. I think they originally aired on Bravo. I was going to say, those those have been out for a couple of years. What's her name? Well, Amanda Pete's the second Amanda season. Pete. Yeah, those, so Connie, they, those came out in 2019. Connie Brain was the first season. So Amanda, yeah. you're saying Amanda Pete came out in 2019? Amanda, so Connie came out maybe late 2018. Was, Okay. Anyway, I saw the Amanda Pete ones a year ago, and they're it's, they're really good. Well, the pot I listen to the podcast, but the Betty Betty Broderick murders. But it's funny because Dirty John is the criminal from the Connie Britton season, and has literally nothing to do with the second season at all. Yeah. They just call it Dirty John because they're like, oh, it's the same vibe, and it's like the, I, again, if it's an anthology series, like you have to come up with a better name than that. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I thought. Um, Amanda Pete season greater than sign Connie Britton season. And I listen the Connie Britton season. Maybe I listened to the original dirty John on podcast on a podcast. That was one of the original, like, Ooh, you have to listen to this podcast that I, some like magazine put it out or something. Right. Some magazine. I think it's Wondery. Uh, was it one dream? Wondery might've been Dr. Death. No, you know what? Dirty John was the LA times orange County register. It was one of the papers. Okay. So, and that was, yeah, that was like, Oh my God podcasts are evolving and i'm here for it yeah you know podcasts are doing well when they're making movies and and series based on the podcast from the award-winning podcast uh but yeah no the amanda pete one's really good i'd recommend checking it out they do a good job telling like explaining how she descended into madness and it's it is an interesting case overall and just kind of shows you how far we have come in our world. I think it was the eighties or early nineties that they got divorced. Um and just we women were making progress. Speaking of I'm caught up on uh, handmaids. We won't talk about that though. Okay. 
Let's talk about our other wrecks. Uh, what is your second wreck, first wreck? I'll go, tell you what, I'll go um, Friends Reunion. Oh. I'm out on it. <laughs> Overproduced. Too much going on. There's the, okay, there was the setting it up like they're all showing up at different times at the soundstage. Uh, okay, come on. Am I supposed to believe that none of these people really haven't seen each other for 15 years? I know that I know the disclaimer is they've only been in the same room once in the last 17 years, but they've seen each other. It's not like they don't know what each other look like. They're, for the most part, all pretty much still in the public eye. The only one who got fat, unfortunately, was Joey. Uh, okay, so there's there's like that going on. There's the way silly and overdone uh, quiz going on. Then there's then there's them sitting down with James Corden. That's also going on. Then there's a documentary. It's it, they're too much, too much. One less thing. I would have been more into it. You didn't even mention the fashion show. Yeah, there was like it, it, too much going on. I would have been down with the James Corden mixed in with the documentary. Documentary part was the most interesting. You're talking about the people that are talking about the impact it had on them. So the celebrities. And no, the no, 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 no. Even before that, I'm talking about the three producers talking about this was our life in the 80s in New York. And, you know, talking about the casting. And the, I thought the most interesting part was Rachel in the wrong hands is like a horrible, horrible character. Mm -hmm. Like you hate her because she is like, if you think about it, she's just, stuck up b-i-t-c-h you know what i mean mm -hmm. so uh so jennifer anderson was you know a key hire there i don't know david schwimmer's kind of meh and also how about this if they were really gonna do it how about the crazy insane cocaine problem that chandler had i think it was more pills too though right wasn't it just not cocaine you talking about matthew perry matthew perry had a ton of stuff going on yeah like and if you go back and watch the seasons one season he's like rail thin skinny and the next season he's fat and i think he got fat when he went sober mm -hmm. you know did. what i mean um it's just it's i i do think that part would be more interesting for our generation i am like the weird 14 year old that was reading people magazine at the time in 2002 when he was going through that and so i do think he's already sort of had to go through that where he's talked about it he talked about his addiction going sober and all that. Like you're saying you want to like revisit it care. now. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Well, I'm talking. just saying like, I, it's almost like a 30 for 30 situation where so it's you're, like you, you, you think we should be fair to Matthew Perry? No, I just like, already know the whole story. Uh, well, I think you you're right. I think you are in the minority. I just know bits and pieces of it. And I know it was like, he turned into a monster. Yeah, it was bad. I mean, it was bad, but like, again, I think, I think celebrity at that time, he did like so much press on it anyway. It, I enjoyed the friends reunion, but I'm not going to argue with you. Did you get excited as Kit Harrington looked great? Like some of the Reese Witherspoon, Kit Harrington, that was like a quick little fun thing. I agree with you. The James Corden stuff was, I don't know if it was unnecessary, but it didn't, didn't really make less, any sense. Yeah. One last thing. It's like they did, you know how for comedy shows, um, comedy specials on Netflix or, or HBO or whatever, They'll actually tape that over three shows and just piece together the best bits. Yeah. But the the actor wears the same thing. It's at the same stage, so you can't tell the cuts. It's like they did the same thing here, but they just did it on three different stages and just pieced together the best bits. So it's like we're jumping or, or just jarring. I, I don't think it worked. Yeah. And again, James Corden has nothing to do with any of these people, any of like anything. He's just a random person. And there He's are so many other people that could have hosted. 
Yeah, he's not even affiliated with NBC Peacock. He's a CBS guy. He's a Viacom guy. A weird choice. So, okay, that is the Friends reunion. Jack is a no. I am a yes. But honestly, if you didn't love the show and it doesn't like have sentimental value to you, don't watch it. <laughs> I loved it. I loved Friends. I'm okay. a big Friends guy. I just thought it was too too much. And if they, yeah, I would have loved like an honest look at Friends. You're more on the side of, I think, what the general reaction has been. I'm more glass half full on this one, which I'm not usually in life. So it just felt like a nostalgic money grab, which is fine. Well, the ironic thing is it was supposed to launch HBO Max. So it was an actual money grab. Like it was a money grab for the people because I think they made like someone said 2.5 million each. Um, it was a money grab in that sense, but it was also a money grab for HBO Max, Warner Media, all the different names it's been because they were launching a streaming service with this thing. But because of Corona, they couldn't do it. They had to just launch the streaming. They couldn't get the six people in a room plus everyone else. So they launched the app and then a year later got back to it when they were able to actually film it. So it was, I think, like openly a money grab, but it um, wasn't a money grab in the way it was supposed to be. It wasn't how it was intended. So that is the Friends reunion. Since you mentioned comedy specials on Netflix, let me tell you about (laughs) Bo Burnham Inside, which was a real journey for me. Do you know about this? Does he play the piano? There's a piano. There's some cool lights. There's a disco ball. I, I just need people to watch it. And 20 minutes in, I was like, I'm absolutely not making it through this hour and a half. I think it's 83 minutes. Um, I should say that this is to the Bo Burnham, but um, people probably know him if they've heard of the movie eighth grade. I mean, he's a stand-up comedian and he's he's worked a lot, but I think like the general public would know that. He's How'd... also he's also the second lead in Promising Young Woman. I was gonna say, is he a bad guy in that? Have you not seen Promising no. Young Woman? Yet? God damn it. <laughs> what are you doing? I don't know. And I know I'll... you're like you're like anti having to pay for stuff because this day and age there's so much good things that you don't have to pay for. I totally recognize that. But also it's five ninety nine. Like you spent more on that on coffee per day. I actually make my own coffee usually, but anyway, um, and I drink black coffee, which is cheaper. Sorry. So I'm, I'm aware that he is in promising young woman. I was actually thinking about, do you know what was that movie filmed fully pre Corona? Do you think? Yeah, I do think so because it came out. I think it was, I think it, I think it was wrapped if not very close to wrapping because it came out like November. I ask that because Bo Burnham's, comedy special it's very musical he's he's mostly only singing there's not a it's not stand-up comedy this is don't do not expect like a man to be standing up with a microphone and telling you jokes it's absolutely not what this is it is funny but at some point i was like this is just like a profound lonely island bit like it's lonely island type songs like they sound that kind of catchy um, auto-tune thing sometimes, but then it's also, I mean, he can sing, so no offense to his voice. He's a great singer, but it really has something to say about loneliness and about this whole year where we were all just trapped inside. And so I ask about the promising young woman thing because he, he basically just spent most of quarantine, like very much trapped inside alone in this like very claustrophobic space. That's how he made this special. He did the whole thing by himself. And if he was going out and filming Promising Young Woman. No, 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 no. Promising promising Young Woman probably took 35 days to shoot. 
Before, though, before we were, quote unquote, inside, which isn't even special. I'm guessing it was wrapped before COVID hit. Yes. So I will watch Promising Young Woman. I told you the reason I didn't watch it is I just read too many think pieces on it. And uh, yeah. So, but I will watch it. Um, If you have seen that movie. My experience with Promising Young Woman was I didn't know anything about it. I hadn't even watched a preview on it. I had no, I knew, I had heard that it dealt with some, quote unquote, difficult topics. And that people were like getting in fights at premieres, but I had, I had no idea what it really was about. And I, so I, I really enjoyed it. I just processed. You said people were getting in um, fights at premieres. So I, um, I watched, I hadn't seen Promising Young Woman. I will watch it. I watched inside. It is a wild ride. I hated it. I loved it. I hate like it's, it's just a very interesting thing. Again, this person like has a lot to say about what was going on in the world at that time. I, for that reason, didn't think I would like it, but at the end I was like, wow, that was really, really good. It just took me a really long time to get there. So if you're looking for something a little different, something that's going to like stress you out a little bit to be fully honest, but it was, um, a hundred percent worthwhile. Also like claustrophobic, anxious, exhausting, (laughs) all of the above, but yeah. I still charming. recommend it. He's very charming and promising young woman. And if you haven't seen eighth grade, it's on Showtime. I 100% recommend that as well. That will also make you anxious, but it's just a really well done movie. It is about an eighth grader, but it's not necessarily like a teen movie. It's again, the key definitely has something to say about it's, his it's kind of, feelings and his place in the world. Sorry. Um, no, no, I was cutting you off. Um, Eighth grade is kind of in the pen 15 vein, isn't it? Like the cringy junior high comedy, weird. Yes. Stuff. Yes. Okay. And it's kind of supposed to take you back to that, um, that feeling. I definitely wasn't as awkward. I think I'm more awkward now than I was in eighth grade to be fully honest, but I still enjoyed the movie, even if it wasn't as relatable for me. All right, let's keep these last ones quick. My last one is a non-rec, so I can kind of breeze through it. What is your last rec? Uh, my last rec is I do have something positive, but I'll do it. I'll save it for next week. This one is oh so negative. It's called American Trader, The Trial of Axis Sally. Al Pacino, World War II movie. I saw it and I was like, how have I not heard of this? I'm oh. in. And because I knew I hadn't heard of it, I knew it had to have been bad. So I didn't look it up on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh boy, was that a mistake. It's a true story of this American singer who like kind of flamed out in the clubs in New York in the late thirties. So she moved over to, over to Berlin and kind of found a little bit of fame there. And she was actually hired by Joseph Goebbels to like do this propaganda, like, Dear Americans, it's futile to, you know, fight against the Third Reich, like lay down your arms, let us do our thing in Europe. You know, my American friends and brothers don't have to die for this cause over here. Like, you know, it's a, it's a futile cause. A crazy stuff that I had never heard about. And obviously World War II doesn't end well for the Germans. She's captured and brought back to New York to stand trial as a traitor. And obviously, you know, the penalty for traitordom is, uh, is death. It was super interesting story. Al Pacino is the lawyer defending her. Terrible, terrible movie. I'll leave it at that. It, it, uh, it could have been. It could have been great in the right hands. If you are listening, and you are a fan of Vanderpump Rules, 
let me let you in on a little secret. This is the Lala Kent movie with Randall Emmett. Sorry, not with, produced by Randall Emmett. So this guy, these Vanderpump Rules, like stars, one of them is in this movie and one of them produces this movie. And the only other movie he's ever really produced is Gaudy. He also was somehow involved. Oh, in, really he also is somehow involved in The Irishman. So like one that was well-received, one that was, Gotti was not well-received. Um, this man is like insanely rich. They have private planes. They have like all the above. No one knows how he made any of his money. They're actually likable characters on the show, but this, like, this is the movie. He's a movie producer, right? That's everyone's like, oh, he's so rich because he's a movie. For-. Like no one knows how he's rich because these movies do not do well. This movie sucks. And like I said, they must have given Al Pacino a beach house in Malibu because like, I don't understand why he agreed to do this with a bunch of not no names. Like any other person, if you go to Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb, they have like two credits and they're going up and they're like trying to share a screen with Al Pacino. Well, it's one terrible. Of, one of them is Lala Kent. Um, my last rec is plan B on Hulu just watch Booksmart instead. Booksmart is also on Hulu. Um, Plan B actually. So this is a movie. By the way, wait, where did you watch your movie? Your oh, I paid six bucks for it. I don't know. I think I got it on Amazon or something. Right into Randall Emmett's pocket. This is a Hulu movie. It's when it's good, it's good, and when it's bad, it's bad. And it's these two teens have a party. Sex happens. They need to get plan B the next day. They live in South Dakota. And so there's a clause that says a um, pharmacist doesn't have to give it to you. If, if you're a minor, if you're in their 17 yeah, years old, sure, sure. They, don't, they don't have to give it to you if they don't want to. So they're like, we're going to go on a road trip to find this, but it's 2021 or whatever, whatever year it is. And like, they, like their phone GPS doesn't work. Like all the antics that have to happen to make this crazy road trip happen are just really silly because it's like- And they're up against the clock because- Their mom's coming. There was someone out of town. Their mom's- Well, yeah, sorry. There's yeah. a bio, there's a physical clock of about 36 hours, I believe. Um, but also their mom's coming back into town. So they have to get this whole thing solved before blah, blah, blah. But again, like their phone GPS doesn't work. Like they can't, you know, there's like car issues. It's just, it's silly stuff that just goes too far. Um when again it's two friends they're great the actresses are great when it's good it's really good don't waste your time though um book smart is available on hulu it's the same exact concept minus the fact that they're not trying to get plan b in, in book smart um, but it's like two best friends and they're the nerdy ones and they want to have fun and come out of their shells and it's like the same exact movie so um watch book smart on hulu all right anything else no but I got a great wreck next week and it's on YouTube. Yeah. Wrap your mind around that. Cannot wait. Also first week without mayor. Sad to see it go. Yeah. But it's a, it's a new month. So Google new stuff on, uh, you know, Netflix and Amazon and um, HBO. There's always some, some crazy stuff coming down the pipe that you don't even realize is coming. All right. We'll be keeping an eye on the pipe. We'll see you next week. <laughs>